You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. So he, he made it very clear to me. And then we were taking a risk. Uh, me and another friend were starting a commercial cleaning business. And, uh, and of course, that was brand new. You know, people ask us, do you guys know how to run a cleaning company? Have you ever ran a cleaning company? I'm like, no, I barely even clean. Yeah. I've got a wife that does the cleaning. She's amazing at it. Our guests, man, should be like an entryway into introducing somebody to Jesus. And I think if we forsake the introducing people to Jesus part, you better bet that gift's going to go out the door, (laughs) you know? And I feel like that intimacy, there's such a call and an invitation right now on the body of Christ to to learn how to, to be intimate with Jesus. Chairs are amazing. Seriously, get comfy. Like, if you want to sit back and pull it to you, whatever you want to do. As long as you're up on that mic. Look at this. Wow. Way back. Here you go. Okay. Give me some more. Sorry, man. Can you hear me? Hello? Test one, two. Okay. I think we're good. Okay. Perfect. So, what's going on, Josh? Not much. Made the journey over to the good old Dodge City, Kansas tonight. Peaceful drive. I have been trying to get you on for a while, for a little bit. I'm doing this kind of a, I don't know what to call it, a series or what, but this new season of the of the podcast. Really wanting to get people on here that can talk about almost like niches, like niches in the kingdom, you know? And originally I had you down for, for kingdom in the jailhouse because last time we were like kind of in relationship together, you were doing bail bonds stuff, and I have found out that you are no longer doing that. Actually, the way you told me was you're retired from that. Is that true? Yeah, you bet. I retired. Um, just hang out all day in my easy chair, read scripture, <laughs> and think about fishing because it's too cold to fish. So We're going to get into the fishing thing, too, because I think that's, uh, that's something that I've noticed you're really, really into, almost on an unhealthy level, maybe. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a big passion of yours though, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Where'd that come from? Uh, a challenge, really. There's, yeah. a whole, there's a whole world underwater and you don't know what's going on down there. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of these people that have this new technology you can actually see underwater, but it's just so much to the imagination. That's not faith. Yeah. There's so much to the imagination <laughs> and creativity and I don't know, just bass fishing's fun. They're a challenge, but they're, they're so fun because once you get their attention, boom and you get one on the hook it's it's fun man and That's i can awesome. do it with my kids yeah um like we could use some more bodies of water out here so yes if, we if, could if y'all want to pray for me man just pray for more lakes to appear with bass in them because <laughs> like the the closest and best place to fish for me is like an hour away so where do you go jetmore city lake really i, I really shouldn't be disclosing this on air so people are going to go to the what? fishing hole Dude, that's my home. That's my home skillet, man. Yeah, I made a video last year. I, I haven't I been out on, there for. It's still a thing. Oh yeah, I put it on Instagram. A little taste of heaven, and everyone's laughing at me that lives out by. They're like, "What are you talking about?" Like, I think I saw that. that I didn't lake, realize that oh, was Jetmore City Lake. There's tons of bass in there. So, like on my birthday, like the best fishing day last year, September sixteenth, the barometer dropped. We pulled fifty-one bass, and we catch no and way. We release everything, but. Dude, last pretty time good fishing though, so don't go out there and you know count on getting fifty one. So, <laughs> I grew up in that town, and I I remember when we freaking built that place, and then all of a sudden it was not there. Like it totally dried up yeah. into a because sw- it's not big, it's tiny. But I, for Jetmore, it was like, yeah, we have a lake, but it's it, it's not a real lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was a it was a dirt bowl. Last I saw, I had no idea there was water or fish in there. That's why it was such a blessing. So That's I was up awesome. at the jail. One of the jailers was telling me about going to Jetmore City Lake and catching big channel cats. So I'm like, is there bass in there? Yeah, there's a few bass. So I go out there, take the kayak, and in 30 minutes, I caught three bass. And I didn't even know that lake was there. And I'm like, what the heck? So I'm calling my friends. I'm like, you're not going to believe it, man. This is the honey hole. I found it. How did so, you find it? There's a brown sign that says Jetmore City Lake. Man, it's like in the middle of nowhere. Well, you can find it. You you got maps on your phone and you can put it on the satellite. You Man. can find a body of water anywhere. Wow. I just found a new one in garden the other day. So 
Where's that one at, Josh? You want to? <laughs> <laughs> it's too close to home. So, Josh Noel, you are a guy that I have always looked at as a risk taker. I feel like you're somebody that sees the value in taking risks. And I think that you encourage and have a desire to encourage other people to take risks. At least you used to. And I think you still do. I want to get into that today. And I think we're going to call this one kingdom in risk taking. The idea of stepping into risks, taking risks, and like releasing the kingdom in those places. I'm going to give you a chance real quick to kind of give us a brief little summary uh, of who you are. Who, how would you describe Josh Noel in third person? Go. He's a handsome 37-year-old male. He's a Virgo. He has an amazingly <laughs> beautiful wife. He enjoys long uh, walks on the beach. <laughs> he loves fishing. He has a, an amazing 15-year-old son and a, an equally amazing 11-year-old daughter. Um, amazing kids, fun people to be around. Um, I don't know. That's about it, man. That's all I know about us. That's about it, huh? I'm not buying it. I think there's more to it than that. Hmm. The reason I, I think of you in risks is there was a time that you were a salesman for a uniform company and then all of a sudden you weren't and you decided that you were going to step down from that. I think you, I think you would say that the Lord encouraged you or asked you to step down from uh, that position and you kind of stepped into this place of unknown. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Tilly's from this week or not. Yeah, I did. He's kind of in the same place as far as the unknown. And you stepped into that, that place of, I don't know, are we calling it ministry? I mean, you were, you were in a place where you went from the workforce to not the workforce. <laughs> Explain that little move for me. And this was what, a couple years ago, a few years ago. Yeah. You know, I would say God knows every one of our hearts better than, than we know our own hearts. Um, and if he wants us to do something, he knows exactly how to line things up according to our perspective, because he knows our perspectives, whether they be healthy according to him or not. Um, he knows our perspective and he will line things out. I believe Tilly mentioned something about some finances that stuck out to me. And a lot of people look at that and they think, oh, they're not doing well. But I look at that in a completely different light. God knows exactly what it takes to get you to jump and he knows you can fly. Um, a lot of us, he just he really wants us to jump. Because a lot, a lot of people don't even know they have wings. So so in that moment of time, I'm assuming that, and I and I know, I keep saying I'm assuming, but we, we had had conversations where you really felt the Lord impress that on your heart. Would you consider that a risk? Was that a risk in that moment for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd have I'd been in sales for a while, but I mean, there was always a base. Yeah. There's always this underlying foundation you can fall on if things aren't going you know, as you feel they should or if you're not performing or the sales just aren't falling when they're supposed to fall. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a risk. Um, I was doing bonding at the time, and it really comes from looking back and reviewing. You look back at the money, and you're like, wow, do I even need this job during the day? I mean, and so he, he made it very clear to me. And then we were taking a risk. Uh, me and another friend were starting a commercial cleaning business. And, uh, and of course, that was brand new. You know, people ask us, do you guys know how to run a cleaning company? Have you ever ran a cleaning company? I'm like, no, I barely even cleaned. Yeah. I've got a wife that does the cleaning. She's amazing at it. So, yeah. But it, a lot of it comes back to just seeking the Father's heart, trusting him. And the Holy Spirit gives guidance in everything. I mean, including cleaning toilets. I mean, he taught me the best way to clean a toilet. So It's good. Was small business on your mind before in your previous years? Would no. you like have a, a passion or desire to like start business? No, it was, it was too complicated. It's not yeah. something that I could, I could accomplish or do. So. Yeah. Because there was also a moment when you, uh, I don't know how many you've got now, but you were at one time had, had just started up three small businesses, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got real crazy there for a yeah. while. So yeah. What, Talk, talk to me about that. What what was the process of like, I'm going to start another business? Uh, there was a person that I want, uh, my stepson, we were going to go after some things. And I was told there was some opportunity with some foreclosure properties. I mean, looking back, it turned out to be a silly idea, but I don't know. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm really not against making mistakes. I've made a lot of them in my life and I learn if I'm humble and I can look back at them and be real with myself, then I'm going to learn from a mistake. So That's got to be a huge part of the 
risk taking, I would think, right? Not being afraid to make mistakes. I mean, yeah. that's kind of. Yeah, because that's a lot of what keeps a lot of people from doing stuff is, I mean, if you would ask me to, I I can remember several exercises when I was in sales, my biggest fear was failure of failing, going after something and not being able to attain it. So it's, it's huge. It's very, especially, and I think in a lot of men's lives, there's so many men out there with families that want to chase after stuff and go do things, but they're so afraid to fail and they sit there paralyzed. They never go after it because they're afraid of what they're going to feel like if they fail. So. What do you think that fear comes from though? Is that a fear of like, I mean, I, I think I would typically attribute that to the fear of man, maybe like what people are going to think. Yeah. I th- think yeah. that's a ton of it is what, what other people are going to say about you. Yeah. Um, if you look at, you know, what Jesus told his disciples and counting the cost, who of you would start building a house before you count the cost and you Good. only get the foundation built and what's everyone going to think of you? So, and a lot of people read that the wrong way and they really think about what are people going to think of me if I fail? So you're in this place now, you've tried, you've been successful. You're still doing the cleaning business, right? Yeah. Give it, give it a pitch. What is it? Rise Uh, and shine. Yeah. Rise and shine cleaning. We're, we're mainly in, uh, in garden. We're over in here in Dodge a little bit too. We do some cleaning in Cimarron. Um, everything's man, all of our new stuff, we started with six customers and one lady. I think we're up to 34 customers right now wow. and eight ladies. So excuse me, nine, nine, we got nine and it's, uh, it's good, man. It's a lot of fun because you don't realize what's happening until you look back at the end of the year yeah. and then you look at your total billing for, for the year previous. And I'm like, wow, that's really amazing because you don't realize what's happening. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're, you're the just work boots on the do. ground. It's like yeah. the kingdom. You're the work boots. Yep. You're doing the stuff every single day and you don't always get the 30,000 foot view until you make the effort. You make the time to sit back and take a look at it. So it's been really neat. Satisfying question mark at times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, last night I cleaned toilets until nine thirty. So, but it's, I don't know. You learn to, you learn to work from a place of rest. That's one thing I've really, I've really learned is how to, even in cleaning toilets, you learn to enjoy it. I mean, I can take a picture and send it to a buddy and joke and be like, this thing's so clean during break. I'm probably gonna eat a candy bar off of this thing. So <laughs> make them shine. Rise and shine cleaning company. Is that uh, what else do you have? Any other, are you still doing any other businesses? Is that the one? That's it, that, man. That's the one that, that lasted, huh? Yeah. That's the one that stuck? Yep. You took some spaghetti, you threw it on the wall, and that's the one that stuck? Pickles, baby. That's good. Pickles, is that what it is? Yep. Okay. I want to talk about, kind of move from the, like the natural to like the supernatural. Um, I think you're a pretty prophetic guy, too. I think you would agree with that, that you you feel like maybe you function in the prophetic, correct? I dabble in it. You dabble in it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You've seen some successes. You've seen some, uh, you know, there's no, there's no like pass or fail when it comes to this. You can't think that way when you're taking risks. But in regards to the prophetic, talk to me a little bit about that in regards to taking risks. What do you think? That, is there a benefit? Is there a necessity to have the idea of like taking risks in regards to pr- the prophetic or prophecy? Yeah, I'd say if if you're afraid to look like an idiot, it's definitely going to be a risk because any time you could step out and feel like God impressed something on your heart and you can go share that with a person and they can you can totally miss it. I mean, it can happen, you know, any time. You can totally miss it. And in that moment, I think, is where your character really starts to develop in that because um, it's great to deliver words and see them, you know, land and hit the target right in the bullseye. Um, and that's good and that's fun, but it's also great to be able to deliver a word and know that you missed it and be able to circle back and say, you know, God, help yeah. me understand here. You know, what's, is there, and you can't really base your prophetic gifting off how many hit or miss because yeah. there's so many people who will not, you know, they won't say, and they'll turn around, especially in like a group setting, that's right. you share something and that person's sitting in the back and their lips are sealed shut and they know exactly what you're talking about and who you're talking to. Yeah. And they'll get up and leave that night and they'll send an email or a text message, you know, the next morning or a week later. I'm sorry, man. You know, I'm yeah. sorry. That was me. So. Yeah. I think it's, it is so important to just really have expectations gone when it comes to the prophetic. <laughs> you know, there's, there's been plenty of times that I've, maybe it's, you know, stand up in front of a group and give a, a word of knowledge and, you think it's crickets, there's nothing. And then somebody pulls you aside after the service and my flesh is like, why didn't you stand up when I asked, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, man, that 
it wasn't about that. It wasn't for that reason. The Lord did what he wanted to do, which was speak to the person. And so it's always, it's always worth the risk. I mean, it's every time you feel like the Lord is impressing something on your heart, just go for it. Just go for it. I want to give you some opportunity to talk about some specific testimonies because man, you've got them. I've heard so many testimonies come from uh, your walk and your journey in this this pr- prophetic, and I've I've seen you grow. I will say that you have grown. I think in leaps and bounds uh, when it comes to being like authoritative in prophecy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there's there's people that you know carry authority in that, and I think you've kind of earned this reputation of of being a trusted word in people's lives. So with that. Can you share just some just some little snippets, some highlight snippets of like uh, risks that you've taken in the prophetic in regards to maybe words of knowledge or on the job stuff? You know, I would say the biggest risks for me will be stuff that's in public In private. There's just not a lot of risk. That's just the way that I'm wired, my perspective, the way that I view things. Yeah. So the bigger risk will be definitely like the things in public. Um and one, I guess one of my favorites is I was in I was in a job interview one time. I was interviewing a lady for the cleaning company. And um, so I've got my list of questions I made out. Um, and I'm running through them. And I get like three or four questions in. And Holy Spirit says, I want you to share this with her. And he gives me the specific word for her. And, uh, and I can tell that there's, I can feel there's pain attached to this, you know, what he said. And so she has two friends with her that she brought to the interview who currently work for me at the time. They knew her. She was a referral. So we're at Starbucks in Garden City, um, which is inside Target. Her two friends are sitting one table over. Um, her and I are sitting at, you know, one a little two-seater table. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll share that with her. Um, so I kind of looked down. I was like, um, can I share something with you? And she's like, yeah, it's like, so I'm one of those people. I'm crazy enough to believe that God speaks. And I believe that he's, he's speaking to me about you. Can I share something with you? I feel God said, and she said, sure. So I shared it with her and immediately, you know, I saw the tear go down her face. And so then I told her the, the rest, cause there was probably like, probably like three sentences long, nothing really long. Um, and it, it didn't seem super deep to me, but I knew that it was going to, it could pierce that it would have some pain involved. And, uh, it was really good, man. She, she lost it right there. And so I look over at the two girls working for me and they're over there eavesdropping on the conversation. And now we've got, you know, and I realize what's happening. So now we've got a table of three of the four of us are sitting there crying in Starbucks. People are walking in target waving. I'm like, Hey, what's up guys? Just over here uh, making people cry. So but it was really neat. Um, the cool thing is I got a, we went bowling last Saturday night in garden and she was bowling on the lane next to us. So it was really wow. cool because then I'm sitting there while we're bowling. Like, God, what, what happens with that seed? What's happened since then? I want to know. I mean, show if you'll show me if it's none of my business then so be it. But you know, you just, you have that curiosity of when a seed is planted, um, cause we know God's faithful to water and you want to know what's going on in that person's life. Sure, yeah. So, you know, cause he said he's going to restore everything that was taken from her. So I think that's our human nature though. Maybe we always want to measure and see how far things are along. But yeah. I think we expect growth, right? We expect that as we're living in the kingdom, that we're growing in the kingdom. And I think you're right. I, and I actually think it's kind of healthy. <laughs> it's kind of healthy to actually look for, you know, measure from one place to another. So I don't, you know, I think it's easy to beat ourselves up often when there's things like that. But yeah, I think it's healthy to, to look for those measurement opportunities for sure. You bet. Yeah. And la- last night was kind of cool. I was laying in bed and, uh, so I normally, when I can't sleep, I'll read. I'm pretty farsighted. So if I read something close to my eyes, it makes me tired. So I fall asleep quicker. That's my trick. So that's my excuse for not running to read too. Yeah. So I'll read late at night, make me go to sleep. But so I do my reading, I roll over, put my phone up on the headboard and God gives me a word for uh, this girl that, that left for college. So I was like, okay. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably tell her in the morning and I get the nudge again. He's like, you need to tell her. So I was like, ah, it's okay. So I roll over, grab my phone. And uh, so I type out what he, what he told me, send it to her. And it's just cool, like the reaction from her, because that word wasn't nothing profound to me. It was pretty simple. And she's like, wow, that's so awesome. That's exactly what I needed to hear. So 
It's good. And then I rolled over and I went to sleep and I had sweet dreams. Yes, that's so good. Are you a dreamer? Uh, I, I've had some, yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't been for a while. Does the Lord speak to you through that, you think, or not? Uh, yeah, times. Yeah. I feel like when I have dreams, they're profound. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't just dream random dreams, but actually I'll say this. If I can remember the dream the next day, it's usually something that, I know the Lord is trying to speak to me because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think we all kind of have stupid dreams every once in a while, but there's times I wake up and I try to remember what those dreams were and for the life of me can't remember, but there's some times when I can't not think about what I dreamt about, you know? Yeah. So have you read the 10,000 risks book? Is um, it 10,000 or a thousand? It's a thousand risks. Yeah, it's a thousand risks. I think about halfway through. Yeah. The guy's a maniac. Yeah. Everywhere he goes. I mean, like yeah. one trip to the airport and he's got seven testimonies. Yeah. There's a there's a podcast. It's called Provoke and Inspire that he's on and talks about a lot of those experiences as well. And he actually had, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. He kind of had this really cool confession because this is like, his name's Chad Johnson. You guys can check out the book. It's called 1000 Risks, I think is what it's called. And he basically documented, kind of journaled each of these risks that he took. Some of them were pretty profound. Some of them were super simple, but it was just releasing the kingdom everywhere he goes, whether it's an airport or a restaurant or Starbucks or whatever. And in this podcast, this was like last week, he came on and he confessed that he lost his zeal and kind of lost his passion for people. And he actually, he actually worded it. He's lost his passion for Jesus. And he was, I think it's something that we all probably deal with, but we don't have the guts to confess in front of people. Yeah. And the reason he said that, the reason he went there is because he was talking about a lot of times when it comes to these risk taking or the, the words of knowledge or just being the kingdom and releasing the kingdom to people, we make it about ourselves. And it's so easy to do. I think that's like the enemy wants to jump onto your gift. You know, if you have a gift of hearing from the Lord, you better bet he's going to be there to jump on that thing and twist it somehow. Yeah, I got to stop this. Yeah. And what he was talking about, like, cause he was talking about how, you know, he's, he's going out and he's, he's making an impact in the kingdom, but he's not talking about Jesus. You know, there's a big difference when you go up to somebody and you're, you notice that they, have healing or you even get a word of knowledge for healing and you pray for that healing and you expect that miracle. You even see that miracle. And then you go about your day and you even write it in your book, you know, you write it in your journal, what you, what took place and you can kind of thrive off that. You thrive. It's it's, because it's exciting. Heck yeah. And we thrive off the excitement. Well, one of the other guys in the podcast had called him out the week before and it wasn't off of anything in particular. They just felt the Lord wanted it, wanted wanted to call him out. And they said, you need to be more bold when it comes to Jesus. So think about the modern day evangelism almost. Mm-hmm. Our idea of evangelism sometimes, and I've done it, I'm guilty of it, is I want to hear from the Holy Spirit for somebody. I want to showcase that I heard from the Holy Spirit. I want to bless that person. And then I want to go away. And it's like, we didn't have the guts to even introduce them to G- like bring up Jesus's name, you yeah. know? True. And it's, it becomes this thing where we can do this every single weekend. You know, I've, I've, I've led like, you know, Holy spirit outings where we try to get a word for somebody and go out and do it. And it's awesome practice and I'd love it. And it's great. But ultimately people need to know about Jesus. Like they, they need to hear about Jesus. And that should be probably the greatest miracle that we're going after is like them being introduced to Jesus on a relationship level. Um, how do you feel like, is that, does that make any sense at all for you? And like, yeah, it makes that, perfect sense. Yeah, so is like, that, yeah. Like last night after I messaged that girl, the last thing that I sent her is you need to know he loves you so much. You know, he wouldn't share the, he's not sharing these words for fun or for, for fireworks or for sparkle sparkles or anything like that. He really loves you. That's why he would tell me. Yeah. He, he loves you so much, but that's good, man. It's on the way over here. I listened to Philippians two and three different translations. You can actually have your Bible read to you. Yes. Um, it's pretty handy when you're driving, but so that's one thing that he's really, he's really been putting on my heart lately is the mind of Christ. You know, even though he was fully God, he didn't consider himself better. Yeah. 
Um, it's so it's good stuff. That's, that's a very good point because you see a lot of people who let the gifting get in the way of Jesus or they step with their giftings forth and then they stand in the way of Jesus getting through. Yep. Um, I think that's a very valid point. There's a lot of very, very gifted people out there and you even hear a lot of ministries. There's a lot of great ministries out there that they, they, they have a huge touch on our nation. They do great things for people, but you hear more about the ministry than you do about Jesus. What they're doing. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. know they're doing that by the power of Jesus, the things he gave them. But I don't know. It's always good to point back. Well, and I th- for me, I think part of the thing is like when you do get, when you do profess to flow in words of knowledge or flow in prophecy, sometimes we we don't even act or move without receiving a word for somebody. Yeah. And so like, for example, there was a time a couple years ago when I I was doing some training for work and I was flying to... Cleveland and Atlanta and a couple different places. I remember leaving the house and I was like, man, I'm, I'm so jacked up to go on this trip. Cause I'm going to be, you know, bringing the kingdom to the airport. I'm going to be getting words of knowledge for people on the airplane. Cause I'm the kind of guy that like, I, I get on the plane, headphones go on and I, I want to sleep. I want to keep to myself, Yeah. but man, I was going to come out of my shell and I was going to get words for people. Well, guess what, Josh, I didn't get any words for anybody. Yeah. And so the headphones go on. I come back home and I feel so defeated. There was a moment, there was one time when I was literally walking around the airport, like I, cause I had like a three or four hour layover and I was walking around. I was like, God, just give me, you know, highlight someone to me, you know, and I'm waiting for that word of knowledge. I'm waiting for that prophetic word. And it never came, man. It never came. You know why? Because I think the Lord was really trying to test me. Are you going to like tell people about Jesus? So think about the risk that could have been taken by me walking up to a complete stranger and saying, Hey, do you know Jesus Christ? Yeah. But I didn't do that. I had to wait for some specific gifting that it honestly didn't come. I really believe the Lord withheld that and showed me later. There's more to it than this. You know, our gifts, man, should be like an entryway into introducing somebody to Jesus. And I think if we forsake the introducing people to Jesus part, you better bet that gift's going to go out the door, (laughs) you know? It's true. Have you ever had any, any, anything like that where you've realized, I'm going to call it a missed opportunity. I had an opportunity with thousands of people in an airport to share Jesus. And I was more interested in like sharing a gift with them. Oh, I've had several of those (laughs) where you wait, you know, cause you're used to that coming, you know, you have that word of knowledge that's going to pierce right through and it's going to break down any wall. So now there's no small talk. It's, you know, yeah. you can just tell them, hey, I hear God and here's what he says. And yeah. boom, you get right to the point in and out. Right. It's the convenience lifestyle. That's what we've we've become accustomed to that. You know, everything's by convenience. Um, there's been several times where I don't have a word or we'll pray for somebody like, in a you know, a small group outside of church or something or even, you know, anywhere. You'll be with a few people. And then once you once you, you know you start talking to them yeah. or, um you that's when you're like oh wow okay yeah. and now all of a sudden something comes and you're like you start thinking about that when you walk away and you reflect on that you're like i would have waited i would have never said anything because i'm putting more power in my gifting than in the name of jesus it's so true man is it really a risk if i hear the lord give me a specific word for someone is that really a risk after five times and it's, you've seen it go? No, it's not. It's kind of easy to say, you know what? The Lord told me this, take it or leave it. Yeah, on the first time you run through a brick wall, after you see it, you see it succeed. Right. The word that he says has power. Now you're just all you're doing is stepping over a little stem wall on the outside yep. of your comfort zone. That's so. good. And I think if we're expecting growth in this walk, if we're expecting to go from like glory to glory, from faith to faith, then we better be prepared. For those times when the Lord's not going to help us out, yeah. <laughs> take that first step. I think Todd you know? White Todd White said it best. He said, uh, walk up to somebody and if you don't have a word, say, you know, I really feel like the Lord's telling me. And he's like, and at that moment, wow, you, see what you're, happens. you're taking the noose and you're like, all right, I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. If I'm, I'm yeah. either going to look really stupid, which yep. we don't want to do in front of man, yep. or the Holy Spirit's going to show up. So yeah, that's good. If I fall, you better cut this rope. What are, I know you had some crazy encounters while doing the bail bond stuff in the jails. Can you share any of those cool testimonies from that? I know uh, you had some really cool encounters of like you literally carrying the kingdom into that place. 
Yeah, the coolest thing was the unexpected because I'm going there and they're, you know, they're in a little waiting room with me waiting for their loved one to come out of jail and they have to wait until they release them. So I know that I've got on a good night. I think the fastest I ever got somebody out in Finney County was like 20 minutes. I think the longest was like two hours and 20 minutes. So yeah. they're stuck there with you. I mean, after they sign the paperwork, some of them go outside and smoke or whatnot, but they're stuck there with you. And they need you. So, yeah. <laughs> they get, and they want to be there when they come through those doors, you know, yeah. they want to greet them. But, um, so yeah, you sit there and you make the small talk and I just would really get to know people. And in the course of those conversations, I mean, one night there was a, um, a lady and we sat there and it was late. It was like 1130, 1145. And we're the only two up there. And the conversation kind of dies down. And I look at her and I was like, um, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yeah. And she starts rubbing her, her, um, her upper arms. Like she's, in, and I was like, um, you have an aunt that lives in Oklahoma that's sick. And she started, you know, you could tell she's getting, she's like, what's going on here? She's like, Ooh, I'm getting the chills. And I was like, uh, what's the deal here? <laughs> I'm like, just answer the question. I need to know this. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I do. And she told me the story. She had an aunt that, uh, that had cancer and she wondered if God saw her. Wow. And, uh, I was like, I just, I want you to tell her that she's on God's heart tonight, that he sees her and that he knows her struggle. And so just little stuff like that's pretty cool. Um, a really neat one was there was, um, there were some people from Cuba that were up here. They moved to garden city, turned out to be really good people. I ended up, um, I'll call it like sitting a vehicle for them. They had to leave for a while to go on. They were going back down to Florida for something. They didn't have anywhere else to put a vehicle and they didn't trust anyone else. So of course they leave a vehicle with a bondsman. That was a crazy story. It's funny, this little beat up van, but so I stored their vehicle for them. But, uh, that night they were getting their son out of jail and I, um, I was sitting there and I felt like I was going to have an opportunity to, to cast out a demon. And so I can kind of feel it. So I'm like, I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to say, can I pray for you in Spanish? So I looked it up real quick. I Googled it on my phone. It's Puedo Orar Por Ti. Can I pray for you? Um, so she shows me a video of her son when he's in the hospital and he's crippled. Like, you know, his fingers are flinching and he's yeah. like, he's, you can tell. And I'm like, Ugh. he li just looks gripped by something that's, that's not good. Um, so we get him out. He seems joyful. He's very happy. You know, the, the, the family greetings was the best part watching the loved one come out of jail and the loved yeah. ones meet him. Like they're so some people you could tell they're happy to see him. Other families like, eh, here we go again. But so we get outside and as soon as we step out of the front doors of the jail, it's a nice, you know, spring evening. Um, I look at him and I ask him in Spanish, if I can pray for you. And he immediately says, yes. And here comes both parents. They come up and put their, their hands on him, their hands on me. And he, he puts his palms up and I'm like, okay, these guys are no strangers to this. So, they don't speak much English, if any at all. And so I start praying in English and I look and I watch every hair on the back of this kid's neck stand up. And then he gets like a chill and like a shiver, you know? Wow. And this is right in front of the jail. And there was, I don't know, man, it was, it was really cool because whatever happened, he looked up at me and you could see in his eyes, he's like, wow, that was really awesome. So, and it just, it came so quick, you know, like I've heard people talk on the feeling of the spirit before it just, he came he filled something yeah. happened really cool. And it was just like looking back, it's like the snap of a finger and then boom, it's, you know, it was really cool. Well, doing that job, man, you're with so many people that are just at their most vulnerable place. Right. Yeah. And so to me, that's like, all that means is that they're vulnerable for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, they're vulnerable for both, but the Lord sent you there for a reason. So, so much shame and guilt up there. Yeah. So much. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. It's still happening, man. I will assure you there are a lot of people out there that make a lot of mistakes continually. And if you, if you're listening and you have a family member that is, that they continually screw up and make mistakes, if, even if everyone else gives up on them, it's your responsibility not to. Jesus has put you in the place that he put you in for a reason. So man, don't give up on your family. I just have a feeling that we're, somebody's going to be listening to this that has really never taken risks in their life. Like they've envy other people. Like I'll be honest, bro. There's been times in my life when I've looked at you and I've envied like your ability to just take risks. Like you just do not care. You know, you don't care what people think. And that was always a struggle for me was dealing with seeking man's approval. I mean, I, I, I needed to feel validated. I needed to feel approved and appreciated and taking risks doesn't work real well when you have that kind of mindset, but you've always just seemed really free to me. You think freedom is kind of a word that goes along with 
somebody who's willing to take risks too. Yeah. There, there's definitely a lot of things you have to have freedom from to yeah. be able to do that, which the, you mentioned reputation. That's huge. Um, cause you'll look silly, you know, and we're worried about that if we step out and something doesn't fly or if we, you know, we say one thing and a, a different thing happens, but yeah, man, there's, there's risk, definitely risk involved, but have you always had that? Have you always had that freedom in your life? No, absolutely not. What was the, uh, what was the moment that you kind of, and I don't know, I keep, are you okay with me calling you a risk taker? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just see you as that, I man. I just think you are that. I think yeah. it's, it's I, funny. Like some people, it like, inspires people to like live a life of faith. It really does. Yeah. I mean, when you're, I don't know, something becomes more normal every time you do it. It's like a narrow path versus the wide path. You know, the narrow path is less traveled, but the more that you travel that path, the more worn it gets. So I can remember the first couple of times when I'm getting these words of knowledge and I'm like, no, I can't do this. And now it's, there's more of an excitement of when do I, when do you want me to share? When do you want me to deliver? Put me in front of them, you know, make it right. I want to do this your way, not my way. Um, so there's an excitement now. What I think it used to, man, it really scared me before because yeah. I'm like, what if? Yeah. And now I've, I've failed enough times that I'm like, who cares? I don't, I'm just not concerned. But like I said, that, that brick wall that you run through head first, you know, the first few times it's, it just falls down and now you're stepping over the rubble you yeah. know, to get to the person. So a, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Lee Adams, he always said faith. How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. R-I-S-K. Yeah. And I feel like we are called to grow in faith, right? We're yeah. called to grow in faith. Are, are, are there things that you do in your life to like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if it's good to say we should be looking for risks, but I think that's something if you're wanting to grow, you should be looking for the next thing, right? Looking for the next opportunity, I guess, to take that risk if that really is what faith looks like. I feel like that's... I've said this for a long time. I think that's the most important thing in God's eyes is our faith. Like, I think he cares about that more than anything. Like he, he, he cares that my faith increases yeah. more than anything. Yep. Um, so what do you, are there things in your life that you do to like grow that, grow that risk taking, grow that, uh, desire, I guess, to go after something. Cause it's, we said it, it's easy to kind of fall back into complacency and, and do the things that you're good at go after the things that you've seen before, right? Yeah, you bet. It's not, I mean, it isn't a ri- At some point, w- once you see cancer go, it's not really a risk anymore. So mm-hmm. you got to find something else to strengthen your faith. Are there things in your life that you do? Um, the biggest two are, I mean, the first step, the first thing that Jesus would tell people, if you anyone should come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And I think, you know, I mean, we know when we're comfortable and when we're not. Yeah. There's no question in anybody's mind if they're comfortable where they're at or not. Um, if you're not comfortable, I think that's a pretty good place to be because then it requires what Jesus left. You know, when he took off, he left the comforter and they call yeah. it the comforter for a reason. Um, there's, and I think he grow as he grows our faith, he's asking us to take different steps. That's why you see people doing just things that are berserk to you, completely crazy in following Jesus. And you look at them and you're like, wow, those people... that's where their faith is now. That's where he's led them to, you know, maybe they started off taking smaller steps or biting off smaller chunks, but I think he continues to grow us and he, we're supposed to be uncomfortable following him. We really are. And in a world of convenience, that's totally contrary to what the world would tell you. But if you're not uncomfortable and if you're not finding yourself being faced with something you need to die to daily, Mm. then I wonder if we're not seeing things the way that he's seeing them. Cause that's a, that's a tough one to understand. It's, it's almost like we're encouraging Christians to go out and seek discomfort, right? I mean, to a point we kind of are like, make sure that you're not comfortable, even though do we believe that the Holy spirit comforts? Yeah. It's such a, like a, it's a, I don't know, is a dichotomy the word? I don't know, but it's like a, we're in, call- it's like a come and drink. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's because we're not called to comfort ourselves, yeah. right? Or seek comfort for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it's if we really believe that that God is who he says he is, when we get uncomfortable, he comforts. You bet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we're seeking the comfort, all that's going to lead to is like apathy. You know, it's going to lead to stagnancy, I think. And eventually 
you could kiss signs and wonders goodbye because you're not going to see those because you're not going after like the the place where those happen. Yeah, which is a the unknown place, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. What do you What do you feel like the Lord's doing in your life, man, right now? Where Where are you? We kind of talked about where you came from. What do you What do you feel like He's got for you? Man, He keeps wanting me to die to myself every single day, and I don't like that. <laughs> That's uh, that's really where I'm at. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about Philippians two. I feel like he's really put it on my heart to um, to really to get into the mind of Christ to understand it better. Um, I feel the Holy Spirit is the go between between the heart of God and and the Christ that's in us. And I think that's where that stuff comes from. You know, the the supernatural stuff. He's the Holy Spirit's the go between. Um, and my biggest thing is just like staying out of the way, really. Um, there's God's going to do some really cool things here in Southwest Kansas with the lovers of Jesus. I know that for sure. Um, he's going to unite a lot of people. Um, there's, there's a lot of people out here that are, they love Jesus with all their heart. There's, there's so many, I didn't know that before. He's really opened my eyes to that in the last year. There's so many people in Southwest Kansas and I don't want to limit it to just out here. This is just, you know, the region where we're at. This is where we're at. This is where Um, we're at. There's so many lovers of Jesus out here and he's going to begin pulling people together and showing unity. And there's, there's such an invitation into the throne room of God right now. Yeah. And he's going to start creating places for that to happen. I know, I guarantee he is like, and he's going to he's going to make places for that to happen and he's going to show up and the resurrection power will be there and it's so yeah i don't do, know that's where i'm at do you uh feel comfortable talking about that your vision for house of prayer stuff yeah i'll talk about it i know the lord's kind of given you a a vision a picture of a house of prayer in southwest kansas is that right yeah can you uh do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about what that looks like, what the Lord has, and I'm sure it's not a clear picture or you'd be doing it right now. Like it'd be something where you'd be talking about that. You bet. What, um, where's your heart at with that? What's the Lord kind of showing you? Yeah, man. Well, it's, it's, not I feel my, like you kind of tiptoed in that in this last yeah. sentence we talked about. Yeah. It's not mine. It's his. So I'm not afraid to share it because he's, he's way more powerful than all of us. So no one's going to take anything from him and get away with it. Um, there's, he, he showed me, um, a house where his presence reigns and just being in his presence was the, the priority of that house. Um, and it's real easy to get caught up in who, what, when, where, where is that going to happen? Who's going to run it? And that's, you know, the first thing my flesh is like, Oh yeah, that's really awesome. I'd love to be a part of that. I don't know if that's what he wants or why he would show me that. I mean, I know, I know enough about his heart to know the reasons that he would show me that I'm excited. And that stirred up excitement in me. Um, so we started hosting a worship night in our home, um, before the holidays got here and we haven't been real intentional in getting back to that, but we got to experience some really intimate moments with Jesus in the living room in our house, um, with just these laid down lovers of Jesus. They just, they lay themselves down and we were there for only him, nothing else. And it was really awesome. I mean, the, the moments that we got to share with him. And I feel like that intimacy, there's such a call and an invitation right now on the body of Christ to, to learn how to, to be intimate with Jesus. And it's, I mean, there's so much confusion and there's so much busyness in a lot of places that want to keep us away from that. I mean, the last thing that the enemy wants is for you to get alone in the secret place with Jesus, because he's going to start stirring things up in you and things that aren't supposed to be there are going to fall off. So, um, and I'm excited to see what happens with that. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, something with me or through me, it doesn't really matter. My calling is to be a son yeah. and to learn to love Jesus better. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to learn to love his kids better in doing that. Is there any movement on that at all? Or are you still kind of like in the dreaming stages or what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm really waiting to see what he what he wants to do. Um, I've, I've met with people that I feel are kind of in the same place. Um I really don't know much. All I know is that he's he's going to make some cool things happen. And I don't have to wait for some house out here Good. to get into his presence um, and to experience those, experience those moments. He's given me a house that's, you know, in Garden City that we've seen a lot of cool things happen there. Um, we brought people in to live with us that the world told us we were crazy. I mean, we our homeowner's insurance policies can be canceled because you bring on borders. I mean, if you ever read your policy, it's just crazy. 
what the world will tell you. Um, and we've brought people in to live with us and we've seen transformation in their lives and it's nothing that we're doing. We're just keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're trying to love like he loves the best that, that we know how. And it's, I don't know, man, he's, God's going to do some really cool things out here through a house, whatever that means. I don't know. And I don't need to know at this time. It's good. And I feel like there's a lot of, I love that you said there's, there's just lovers of Jesus out here. I think that there's lovers of Jesus that have just been so isolated and they haven't experienced like the things of God, like didn't even know that they existed, you know, that there's like other people out there. Like there's power in the fact when you, when you realize I kind of saw your eyes glow when you were talking about all the people that love Jesus out here. Yeah. There's when, so many. When you realize that you're in community with so many people, cause it's easy to get isolated, man. It's easy to sit here and think, man, I'm the only one that feels this way or nobody's, you know, seeing things the way I see them or whatever. And it's just not true. You know, like the, the family, like God, he's just, he's not a bad dad, you know? Yeah. And I feel like there's, there's a moment in time when he decides to like wake up his kids, like wake up his family. And yeah. I think we're experiencing that a little bit. I think he's that same vision, that same dream that he's put on your heart for a, a house of prayer. You know, he's, he's doing similar things in my heart. He's doing similar things in other people's hearts. And I think that it's so healthy for us to just talk about those dreams, you know, and I think we'll be surprised at how many people have probably been experiencing the same type of conversations with the Lord in their own quiet times too. You bet. Can you talk about, we're, we're, we're getting close to the end here. I want to have you talk about the quiet place. What does that mean for Josh Noel? Um, right now I've got a nice rug. I've got a, I turned one of the bedrooms in our house into an office and I've got a nice area rug. It's pretty soft. So that, uh, that has been where, where that quiet, that secret place, that quiet time happens for me. The biggest thing is, so like, that's weird. Like, you know, when you lay out on your floor and you close the door, um, your spouse is going to be like, are you okay? What's going on? Right. And I can remember like the first few times, you know, and I'm not announcing, all right, guys, don't, you know, don't mess with me. Yeah. I'm going to go in. I just go in there and I'm, you know, you're in the middle of doing something and all of a sudden I'm like, man, I, I haven't spent any yeah. time being intentional, just looking upon your beauty today. Um, and you get up quietly, close the door and then, you know, hit the floor and whether it's music or not, earbuds or not, everybody's different. Um, just, you know, I would, I would recommend you just to do your thing, whatever that is. But, um, and I just lay out on the floor and I can remember a couple of times where Audrey came in and she's like, babe, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Um, one of the cool things with me, the, the first time that that happened, um, I had a vision of a little boy walking with his dad, but like the vividness of what I saw, like I had blue jeans on and white tennis shoes and like the stitching in the blue jeans. I can remember it like the, the crunching and the crispiness of the leaves and like the smell. Um, and I was going through a really tough time. I was really concerned about a situation in my life and he shows me a little boy walking with his dad, right? Which, oh, great. But that's me and him. Yeah. That's, he's like, I got you. Hold my hand. Let's walk. You know, don't don't be alarmed by the crunching of the leaves underneath your feet. It's going to be okay. Keep walking. Let's get through this. So, um, and I don't know. It's I think it's very evident to me. One of the greatest revelations last year was Psalms, one. I think it's 139.15. You were formed together in your mother's womb. It's a secret place. It's dark. No one else is in there. It's just you, you and your creator. Um, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of guys, you know, they go to men's encounter. What's my, yeah. pur- what's my purpose? Yeah. Colossians three, three, your life yeah. is hidden in Christ. Yes. That's, just, that's also a secret. It's in a secret place. So you were born in the secret place. Your the life is hidden is in it. Christ. Your purpose is hidden in Christ. That's in a secret place. And guess where you go when you die? Wow. You're going to a secret place. We don't know Good. where that's at. One that he's preparing for you yeah, right now. Yeah, one that he's prepared. So, I mean, you look at the beginning, the middle, Good. and the end, It's it all points to the secret place. And what I realized was when I would get into that secret place with him, all the things that had authority and power throughout the day, they lost authority and they lost power. And it put the it put the God that was righteous on the throne in my life. So That's awesome, man. And I... As we close this thing out, I want to I want to have you do something for me. Mm-hmm. I've I I feel like I heard the Lord say that you need to do this. <laughs> so you're going to. Oh, great. Sounds fun. I want to 
I want to have you prophesy real quick to those future risk takers that are listening to this. Those people that don't feel like they've ever taken risks. Those people that don't even know that they're risk takers. I feel like the Lord wants you to call them out right now. Call that out of them to those people that are listening. Go. Trust. He speaks to everybody in a, in a way that's unique to you. Everybody was made uniquely. There's no one else like you. You have to trust the way that he speaks to you. He made you for a reason and for a purpose. And the way that he made you is specific to you. So trust the way that he speaks to you. Don't compare the way God speaks to you to the way he speaks to someone else. Cause it's, you're a different person than that someone else. Um, your preparation with the things that you've been going through, you can't look at someone else and compare your preparation, your trials, your circumstances to someone else's because you're not them and you're not going where they're going. He's going to take you to a different place. So your path in getting there is going to look completely different. So stay on the journey. Trust. Even when it doesn't sound like fun and it, it doesn't seem like fun, man, you got to stay with him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I promise you, he is the best leadership that you will ever know. Josh Noel, thank you. Thank you, man. Thank this you for fun. joining me. For real. I want to have you on again. It was fun. Is that cool? You bet. Okay. Bless you, dude. Love you, Ben. Love you, too. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Remember to share this episode with your friends. Go on Apple Podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Also, check out the Two Brothers Podcast and Supernatural Living with Beth Packard. Uh, go subscribe to those. Let's get those numbers up too. Part of the KB Podcast Network. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, be blessed.